Hey, 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 Travelpreneurs, how are you? Welcome to this episode of the Hey Travelpreneur podcast, where I have the most beautiful conversation with Rise, one of my former colleagues back at Sandals and Beaches Resorts. And Rise, by the way, is known as Rise Alexia over on Instagram. You can find her there. But she's also the senior manager at the Bahamas Ministry of Tourism and aviation because I have to put it all out there, of course. And so I want you to to grab a pen and a paper because in this episode, Risa and I are going to be sharing some social media tips and strategies for you. And we're also sharing some of the tools that we use in our own social media journey that you may want to use in yours as well. All right. With that being said, let's get to the show. Welcome to the Hey Travelpreneur podcast, your go-to for real-world travel marketing tips and strategies to help you create the thriving travel business you've dreamed of. And now your host, Nicole Barrett. All right. So, Harry Say, welcome to the Hey Travelpreneur podcast. Ah, thank you for having me. I'm actually honored. I'm honored. You are honored. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I've been wanting to have you on for a while. So, I mean, when, I, when we contacted each other last week, when we connected last week, it was kind of, yes, yes, let's make it happen. And I love how you kind of just jumped on that. That was great. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. What? On a podcast with Nicole? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> All right. Perfect. So um, why don't you go ahead and tell uh, the audience a little bit about yourself and then we'll talk about how you and I met. But go ahead. Tell us about you. Okay. So about me. Personally, my name is actually pronounced Rissé, but I accept variations of it. I've accepted Rissy, Rissé, Rissy, Rissé's. You've Rissé. gotten Rissé? Yeah, yeah. Wow. The Senior Manager of Communications for the Bahamas Ministry of Tourism, former social media manager of Sandals Resorts International. Which is where we met, by the way. Where we met. That was what? Um, oh, oh, gosh. Wow. 10 years ago, eight years ago, maybe? Well, it was probably six. Probably six. I am, yeah, yeah I, I, apparently I can't count. So, okay. I, I think I was with Sandals for six years and I met you the first year that I was there. The first year that, and I, and I do admit to calling you Reese when yeah, I. Yeah, no, everybody just kind of did their own thing. Everybody like, who styled it? <laughs> it was like, yeah. Yeah, I know you mean me. I know, but I finally, finally got it right. And I remember, um, I believe it was Turks and Caicos when we first met. Beautiful, beautiful destination, by the way. But you are originally from the Bahamas, correct? I am. I'm from Nassau, Bahamas. My mother is from Abaco, which is one of the islands, and one of the family of islands. And my father has background in Eleuthera. So I'm kind of an island girl, but also a city girl. So I'm I'm swagalicious. You're definitely island all over. Yeah. Fantastic. (laughs) So, um, and one fun fact about you, which I don't know if everyone knows, I know that you are into pageants. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. I am a former Miss Bahamas Galaxy in 2011. Look at you. And, um, since then, I, when I first met Rishé Sands, can you believe it? Another Rishé. Rishé Sands, who is miss bahamas at one point ever since i met her i knew that i was obsessed with pageants i like the glitz and the glam i love the evening gowns i love the makeup and the hair and all things sparkly and so from there um came the pageant diaries which is my pageant blog um there was it was it was it was a need in the bahamas you know um somebody who kept up to date with everything and gave a nice, interesting spin on how pageants are presented because it's kind of, it kind of has a negative connotation. Right. But me and some of my friends actively got together to turn that around. So, oh, that's fantastic! Look yeah. at that. And so, you, when you were with Sandals, you were the social media manager, if I remember correctly. I actually moved up the ranks. So I started off as a coordinator and then I was responsible for social media for all things trade. And then from then I moved up to social media manager. Okay. And, and trade meaning obviously travel trade, which yeah. you did an amazing job with, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, so I had posted that I wanted to, that, that I was going to interview you today and a few people we're like, oh my God, that's great. I love Rissé. Like, you know, and these are just like travel trade people who I've been working with 
for the past 13 years. So that's fantastic. You did a great job there. And then now you're with the Bahamas Tours. I, I keep saying that incorrectly. You are with, go ahead and tell me, and then tell me what you do. I'm with the Bahamas Ministry of Tourism. So I am their senior manager of domestic communications. And basically I'm responsible for making sure that all information tourism related um, is sent out through the country. So okay. anything onshore in terms of communic sorry, in terms of tourism yes. that I am responsible for. Okay. So what does that look like for you on a daily basis? Like what, what is uh, you know, a day in the life of Risay? Well, a day in the life is really, really being the PR support for all the departments within the Ministry of Tourism. And coming into the ministry, there was so much I didn't know. And uh, I had no idea that the department or the ministry itself was so extensive. Like we have a department that's called Authentically Bahamian. And mm -hmm. people are responsible for making sure that in all of our tourist areas, all of those products are completely authentically Bahamian. I didn't even know that existed. And so that is pretty much my job, making sure that people know that these departments exist and what they're doing and how they're contributing to the overall tourism product. Right. So my day is building relationships, networking within the ministry, and making sure that my minister and my director general look top-notch. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So do you work with any, um, anyone in the trade still, or is it more um, Bahamas-focused? It's definitely more so Bahamas focused than mm -hmm. international. So our communications department is split up into two. So we have onshore and then we have offshore. Okay. And um, offshore kind of deals with all, all of the trade. They're the ones that are moving. Their feet are on the ground. I, I do miss my trade. I love them. They've always been good to me. <laughs> but yes, I'm pretty much Bahamas focused. Okay, perfect. So um, in your work as, as social media manager for Unique Vacations, aka Sandals and Beaches Resorts, and the work that you're doing now uh, with, with the Bahamas Ministry of Tourism, <gasps> I finally got that right. Did I get that right? Yes. All right. <laughs> um, with your work, how, how does that overlap and how did your work as the social media manager for the Sandals brand, um, how did that carry over into what you're doing now? Well, the ministry is now taking a more stronger focus on exerting marketing methods digitally. And mm -hmm. because I had such a strong background and coming from a global brand such as Sandals and Beaches, everything that I learned from that experience, I'm now being able to pour into marketing the Bahamas. And so okay. like, it, it, too, it, it was all timely. It, it came together perfectly. So they're moving away while still utilizing traditional methods of marketing were kind of more so having a heavy focus on digital so that's why i came in okay perfect so speaking of digital right um i know that one of the things i wanted to talk to you about is some of the social media trends um that whether it is you know current trends or or recent trends that are still relevant to today uh, how are some of those trends to you useful for the travel trade or marketing and communications on a whole I think that um, there are a couple of things that, well, first of all, let me start off with, I have tore, torn our strategy apart as far as digital goes, because it's really important to understand your audience. And so mm -hmm. I had the strong sense of understanding how to market to, you know, my international people, but it's different when you're talking to your own. Yeah. So, um, that's what I've been doing. But uh, <laughs> things that I have really been hounding on or harpooning on as far as strategy goes and trends is that organic efforts, you could kiss mm -hmm. them on the Facebook, social media has just become an arena where you have to pay to play. And even depending on your investment, whether it's a small one or a big one, whether you have buku bucks or not, Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to have to invest financially in marketing on social media. All right. So let's break that down for a second before you yeah. move on, if you don't mind. So, you know, when you talk about Facebook or uh, and Instagram, because obviously they're related, right? Talking about pay to play, you're talking about 
um, organic reach versus paying for an Instagram or a Facebook ad. Okay. If you're not paying to play, you don't want to get caught up in that game or you don't have the budget for it. Like how does one go about uh, putting in the efforts to get that organic reach? Like what in an organic post is going to get you the eyeballs and likes? So with Facebook's algorithm change, the biggest thing is that they want to focus on more family and friends. So Mm -hmm. you have to get a lot of those people involved. Like those those shares have to come from personal accounts as opposed to business accounts. And then, you know, the organic reach starts to build. Yeah. So, so as long, we'll go back to the basics where your content has to be absolutely beautiful, absolutely relevant, and you're getting a lot more personal accounts involved. That's how the algorithm has changed a bit. So I hope that's helpful. No, no, it is because it's funny because I see um, some people will post something on a page, right? So let's say this person is a, I don't know, for lack of a, is a consultant or a coach or whatever, right? And they have a Facebook page uh, that is geared towards these folks and these people are a part of the group or the page, right? Um, And what they'll do is they'll tag you each person personally when they do a post, whether whatever it is that they're announcing, and then they'll go into the comments and then they'll tag a hundred people or 50 people or all the people who like who's a part of their group to invite them back into that post because what they're looking for is that organic reach. Right. Uh, Some of my secret strategies are just to take a post, post it on our personal page, on our business page, Mm -hmm. and then share that post into closed groups. Right. So, you know, and then all that stuff counts towards the actual original post, all the comments, the likes, the shares. You'll see that on the original post, but you, you got to get down and dirty now. If you, don't have you have to get down and dirty. It is such like it is like managing these pages is a job in, in and of itself. It is. You do need somebody that's strictly dedicated to social media. I mean, mm-hmm. people used to just try to do it on their own, but they got lost in like being consistent and then throwing posts up. But like, okay, I forgot. Let me just throw something up there. <laughs> <laughs> I call that posting and running. So <laughs> my audience is used to me saying, don't post and run. Don't post and run. Don't post, right. and, run. Don't post and run. So speaking of that, then, because I talk a lot about the fact that your social media is now your storefront, especially with a lot of people now working from home, right? They have a home office. Like they're not out there um, getting the business like, or not necessarily getting the business, but they don't have a storefront to draw, to attract the clients to walk in, right? So social media being your storefront, how important are, um, I guess what I'm asking is how important that you, sh- how important is it that you show up consistently um, in your social media, whether it is a page, a group, or an Instagram uh, feed, for example? Oh, it's, it's absolutely very important. It's, it's the most important thing ever. Outside of like creating your social media account, being mm-hmm. present is, is the next most important step. Okay. Being consistent helps with your algorithm and your organic reach. Not by much, but it still helps. And every little bit helps, especially since, you know, if you don't. Yeah. Have to do it. yeah. But being consistent engaging that's also very big you can't have you can't put this beautiful post out there or some very important information and just leave everybody hanging in the comments that's (laughs) so so i tell people all the time go back in the comments and and reply and sometimes it goes days and weeks to be honest and i've been guilty of that where i see comments because i handle all my own social media um i have i have you know a virtual assistant and i have staff but i don't I handle my own because I like to be able to, to just, to just go in and comment. Right. That that hands-on is very important. Hands-on is very important. So, um, but there are times when it goes days or weeks, um, where I don't get back to a comment, but you know what? It could be weeks and I still go back in and I do that. Right. All right. I I appreciate it. (laughs) I know. Even if you just go in and and press that little heart, right. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's talk a little bit about your thoughts on live video. Um, like live, oh, live video is, and you're laughing. People can't see you laughing, but you're absolutely laughing. If they're listening, they can't see you laughing, but it Listen, is, I know. Especially from a brand perspective is such a huge no-no that people, your executives, your top level will fight you every step of the way because 
you know, they have a brand image that they want to uphold. But I always say, go for it and have fun. You're supposed to make mistakes, you know, and it's yeah. okay to do that because people want to see a humanized brand and not so much this picture perfect falseness. People right. want an authentic experience. They want an authentic brand and that those mistakes are important. And they want an authentic personal brand too, because you know, your personal brand is now your business brand, no matter, no matter how you slice and dice it. Um, people don't want to do business with a logo. No. They want to do business no. with a person, right? Yeah. And so they don't want yeah, I agree. So putting yourself out there in a live video, it is it's strange. I'm gonna tell you, I do several of them a month and it doesn't get easy. It doesn't get easier. Like it is, um, it is hard to do. I did one yesterday, um, and it was still hard to do, right? And I'll be doing one tomorrow, and it is still hard to do. But your first one will not be good, and it is what it no. is. <laughs> it won't be good. But you know what? Because people are very nervous, and there was just a huge outcry of like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, we really want to have something more polished. You can use Facebook Premiere where you can actually edit and pre-record your videos and then it's positioned on Facebook as yeah, a yeah. live something. So, you know, you, you have the option to still be polished, but I like live videos. Just have some fun. I do. And, <laughs> and I think a lot of things, what, what hold a lot of people back is um, like how they look at a particular time. Like you may have something that you want to say, but you're thinking, okay, I'm not wearing lipstick. I'm not, you know, <laughs> I have my headband on my head. I got my robe on. Like, how do I do this? And then it holds people back. So what do you think? Um, what are some of the tips as far as that goes to get people to go out there no matter what? Listen, I, <laughs> I have those same qualms. Even when I was testing this camera for this recording. Yeah. <laughs> I made sure that you know, that HD was on and my touch up was on. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I have to say your lighting is amazing. Like I'm sitting here with a cloudy background because it's dark and cloudy here in, in, in Boston. And your, your video is just like amazing. Your lighting is perfect. I have to say. Thank you to my Apple camera so much. <laughs> really appreciate it. But um, it is important to prepare. I mean, you do want to look presentable. You are still a brand. So I wouldn't recommend you doing something in your robe unless you're actually, <laughs> unless, unless that's your brand. If that's something that you do and that's who you are as a person, you're always very laid back, very chill. Yeah. And you express that in the camera while you're live. Like, hey, excuse me, I'm in my robe, but listen, honey. Yeah, I have something to tell you. Right. I, yes, I have no problem with that. I think, um, yes, if, you know, see the thing is that you have to be able to, to incorporate a little bit of business and a little bit of personal. Right. right. So if you do some business and you're laying in your robe one Sunday afternoon and you have something amazing to share, mm -hmm. I have absolutely no problem with you doing that. I wouldn't say do a whole live video, but a story is okay. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. And yeah. you know what? Even before, you should be prepping people that letting them know that you are going live anyway. So even before that, so you're scheduling well in advance. So you have enough time to like test out your camera, make mm -hmm. sure the lighting is right, make sure you look good or you feel comfortable enough to right. go on camera. Don't just, Do that. don't just throw yourself out there. <laughs> so let's talk about that so telling people you're going live so what do you think are the strategies to have that would lead up to a great live video experience i think it's about letting oh, people know well in advance that you're going to be doing this letting them know maybe a few hours a few days or even a few weeks to let them know hey this is happening this is happening get the yeah. word out get the buzz going that is there's no other strategy that tops that i promise you <laughs> schedule it out let people know that it's happening and get them excited about it right countdown. Okay. Have a countdown post hey i'm going live on this day in three more days i'm going live in two more days i'm going live can i tell you that countdown post on instagram in the instagram stories is so good i love that and i love it, I love it. and i don't know if people know this but when you see the countdown post 
you can actually click on the arrow, I believe, to the right. Mm -hmm. um, there's a little triangular arrow to the right, um, and it, it, can, you can, it can remind you. Yeah. So that's a reminder to say if it's going, you know, if Risa is going live in four days, you hit that, it reminds you, and in four days, you'll be like, okay, by the way, Risa is going live right now. Yes, I've used that um, for the ministry for an event that we had. It's called Bahamas Bowl, where we get all these football teams coming down to play for this beautiful Kong trophy. Mm -hmm. And we put up that same timer that you're talking about on our Instagram story, and we went live sharing the game. And we've got, we got a lot of views. People were really appreciative right. of the countdown. So I love it. Great tool. Fantastic. So all right, speaking of tools, um, let's talk about some of the tools that um, people or give me your thoughts or your recommendations on some tools or apps or, you know, resources that people can use either in live video or social media that's going to make their lives so much easier. Um, well, in terms of social media management, I do suggest that everybody has a social media publisher. Whether you're a big brand and you're using something very expensive like Spreadfast or Falcon IO, which is what we use at the Ministry of Tourism, you can even use something free like Hootsuite, which is what I use to manage my pageant diaries page. Right. But it's so easy for me to just think of all the content that I want going out for that week, schedule it up, and then forget about it. Then I go in and engage. Engage, 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 engage. <laughs> so, all right. So some of those tools, for example, I use, I use Buffer, but I also use Planoly for Instagram because I think Planoly for Instagram is fantastic. And, but you can also use Later for Instagram, yeah, right? And then you mentioned Hootsuite. Uh -huh. And then there are so, there are so many others, but what would you, and I think AgroPulse is another one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but see, but then you can also use the Facebook client itself to schedule Facebook posts. You can use yeah. Facebook. But when all these tools start, when people start talking about all these tools, sometimes people get overwhelmed, like, oh my God, I have to use all of these. What is one tool that you can use across the board? Um, do you have any recommendations that's going to be, that's going to cover Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest? Like what are, what is one tool that you would recommend that would, or one or two that would cover all of that? I would recommend Hootsuite and Falcon. Like my, okay. my experience with Falcon has been absolutely amazing. It's just every, the whole user interface is just great. It's so easy to use. It's not complicated at all. Mm -hmm. I love to go into my calendar and see everything populated, including my image. And uh, we used to use another social media management tool that I don't want to mention because I don't want to badmouth them, but it was so complicated. I needed a master's degree in like biochemistry. You can tell me, you can tell me what it is later. <laughs> it was, it was just so bad. And even the listening aspect of it was just terrible. You couldn't follow it. It made, it made no sense. Oh, wow. If you can't understand, you can't understand it. And if you can't use it, then, you know. Right. And that's the thing. If it's complicated to use, you're not going to use it. Right. You're, you're not going to see the value in it. You no, know? you're not. All right. They're, they're pretty easy. I really like them. They're very simple. I like things simple. I like things simple too. I find that Buffer is also very simple as well. That's one that I use regularly. Um, but one thing that's new or newish is that you can now schedule uh, Instagram stories. Yes. Ah, yes. I know, right? Love it. Okay. That My is fantastic. Your manager is so much easier. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm spoiled. I'm spoiled. Yes. <laughs> so what do you use to schedule your Instagram stories? I, we still use Falcon. Still use Falcon for that because yeah. not all clients are, have that have that availability right now. Right. Or have that uh, installed or whatever you want to call it to to plan um, Instagram yeah. stories. I believe Planoly does. So Falcon is what you use. Falcon is what I use. Okay. Love Falcon. Big you up. <laughs> Big you up. I love that. <laughs> All right. So earlier we touched on increasing engagement and sales, right? So what are some of the things that the travel trade can be doing right now 
to increase engagement and sales. And when I say engagement, I don't mean those bots that come in and give you like an emoji, right? Mm -hmm. We're talking like real, organic, authentic engagement. That's going to eventually lead to sales. Like what are some of the things that they should be doing? Well, it's one of the most important things that I find is that whenever you use social media, you you have a link back to your website because that's really where the ROI magic happens, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That's a major deal. (laughs) You know, um, so stick a pin in there because, you know, linking... (laughs) When was the last time you heard that phrase, stick a pin? (laughs) I so long. So long. And it's it's such a Jamaican thing to say. Um, all right. So linking back to the website, because I always tell people, great, link back to your website um, as your CTA, your call to action mm-hmm. in your, so on your, whatever post you're making or in your bio, that's great. But li- link it back to a part of your website that's going to allow me to take action. Right. And don't send me back to, you know, Nicole and Reese's awesome travel.com. And then what it is, is just a rabbit hole for me to just oh my gosh, yeah. get lost in, right? So make it a, a, to something that you're doing. So are you hosting a webinar? Link me right back to that page where I can register for the webinar or where I can schedule a call with you. Yeah, you have to take the guesswork out of that. People are yeah. just going to get, you're going to lose them immediately. You are like, I am not playing hide and seek with your, with your buy button. I'm not playing hide and seek with your call to action. Right. So (laughs) people need to be told exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Continue. Um, another thing that's super important is to make sure that your ads are properly targeted. Okay. So So what do you mean by that? Just making sure that you're talking to the right demographic. So if you are, pushing an ad about a new sale to Cancun, Mexico, and it's spring break, and you've targeted to, like, not to be offensive at all, but 65, 75-year-olds in mm-hmm. some random, you know, that's, you're just wasting right. time. It's, it's, it's not being seen. It's not being seen. Because, you know, what? people get nervous about that. Because when you're doing an ad and you can select the age range, People, I think, I think what Facebook ad does um, is they do the, the, I think the automatic set um, is 18 to 65. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so what people do is they don't change that because they're trying to get everyone. Right, right. And sometimes you have to look at what it is that you're pushing. Sometimes you're yes. not talking to everyone. Right. Why? Okay, well, nobody's clicking on my ad. Nobody's doing this. I'm not. I'm not getting any return. Well, it's because you're not speaking to the right people about the right. Mm-hmm. So make exactly. sure when you're building your ad campaign through business manager, make sure that you're taking the time to look at the age range, look at the location and make sure it all comes together with what you're talking about. Right. Right. I think people get nervous about losing the sale. And so they try to, you know, to reach this broad audience and it's just not the way to go. Like the more you niche down, the better. The last one for me yeah, that you post and you engage consistently so you don't fall victim to the algorithm. Because if, if Facebook's algorithm is not picking up that you're posting consistently, then your organic reach just goes down, down, down every time you post, whenever you feel like it. I, oh, wow. and I know that because I've experienced that with pageant diaries because sometimes I get so busy, I don't post all the time. And sometimes it's a year before my next post. Mm, a year? <laughs> wow. All right. So consistency is relative, right? Consistency is. is relative. So consistent to me is very different from consistent to someone else. Like, are we talking, are we talking like um, seven times a week? Are we talking five times a week? What are we talking? <laughs> talking once a week? I'm talking about if you started off posting seven times a week, then consistently you need to post seven times a week. <laughs> but if you started off like just posting Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, then keep posting Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Because the moment you fall off, basically, is when the algorithm goes, oh, okay. You'll feel it. You, you will feel it. I'm telling you, I've seen it. I've experienced it for myself. You will feel that. 
Yeah. You know, when you get those, because um, I get those prompts sometimes because I have a couple of pages and groups that I'm no longer active in that I created. And I get it's like, you know, by the way, Nicole, though, the <laughs> Nicole S. Barrett haven't heard from you in a while. Post something to let them know. Basically, they're saying, post something to let them know you're still alive. <laughs> and the fact that, you know, you even get those notifications goes to show that the algorithm will notice. Exactly. I, I get those notifications like, Facebook, leave me alone. Will you please leave me alone? I know they haven't heard from me in months. You know? <laughs> it's funny how they do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So I, I love that. I love, absolutely, absolutely love that. All right, so you talked about some resources for consistency that included, um, like, posting apps or clients, right? Mm -hmm. What are some of the other apps that people can use to enhance their social media experience? Well, I'll tell you what I'm very much into right now. So I'm into curating my Instagram feed so it has this just beautiful aesthetic. Yes. I've really been getting into presets. Right, and so presets are just just basically a filter. Yeah, some high end filters, <laughs> <laughs> not the standard ones that come with your Instagram account. Um, so I've been using Photoshop Light. Oh, is it Lightroom? Yes, it's Lightroom. Lightroom. Yeah, it's it's been a godsend. I can load my presets into that, and it's a mobile app. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Editing apps. I have serious problems. I have that too. That's okay. I have them in the folder too, just like your just like you. So I just load my presets in there, edit my photos and share it to Instagram. Love it. You know, one that you shared with me, I I will never forget. You shared this with me. We were I forget where we were. I think we were in, we were at uh, Sandals White House and in Jamaica, and I was taking a picture of my food. And <laughs> yeah, Nicole, um, why don't you use the foodie app? I said, what? <laughs> what are you doing? And I, so I downloaded the foodie app, and let me tell you, it has changed my life. Yes, foodie. I still have the foodie app, okay? I love the foodie app. <laughs> it's so good. It makes your food look so much better. It does. It doesn't, though? It like, does. It's impressive. I'm even tempted to use it on my face. Oh, I've done that. I've done that. <laughs> it is a really, really good filter app. So I highly recommend the Foodie app. And there was another one that you recommended to me about four years ago was uh, Snapseed. Yes. Snapseed is the bomb for photo editing. I also use Bosco Cam. Yes. I'm saying it right. But all of those things kind of, I don't use them as much as I use the Lightroom now. Okay. I think you have a few more on your list. I, I do. I have the later app. What later does for me besides scheduling my post so I can just send it out. Mm -hmm. but all of the images, the entire Instagram feed populates in the app. Ah. You can put the images, you can test out the images next to each other to see if they all make cohesive sense. Mm -hmm. Color Story does that too. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Well, color story. But right now, later is what's really happening for me. And I signed up for their newsletter. So I love getting their blog posts in my inbox every week. Nice. Nice. With all the changes in the algorithm, what's popping with Instagram. So I, I really love them. Yeah. Those are my, those are my apps so far. So those are good for aesthetic reasons to make sure that your feed looks good. Right. And, and that's important for me. That's important. So that is not as important to me because like, you know, I don't, even though Color Story allows me the opportunity to look at what my feed and what it's going to look like before I add this new photo, I, I don't really look at it. Um, and the reason being is, so for example, um, what I try to do is I try to use a lot of my, my brand colors in my feed, right? So I try to use a lot of the pinks and the browns and, and the blues that I use. So as long as my a photo has one of those colors, I'm good. If it doesn't, I'm not going to worry about it because I find that the more I think about it, the more it stresses me out and I don't want to post, right? And I'm not going to let that stop me. But I, I think having your brand colors, um, if you're a business or a personal brand, 
uh, in your feed, spot it all throughout. It makes your feed look yeah. so much better. It does. It does. And it makes it look very polished. And it yeah. makes it look right. very polished. There are a few brands that leave me right now. My memory went that actually do that. There was one that uses yellow a lot. And so mm-hmm. there's, there's yellow in every image. There's right. Not the images, but they have incorporated something yellow, which, you know, I, I love those kind of details. I love when brands incorporate that kind of detail. Yeah. I love that. But, you know, at the same time, is if you don't have, let's say your brand color is yellow, and you don't have yellow in that photo, but you know that photo is going to add value. Right. And it's, and it's informative and you mm-hmm. definitely go ahead and post it. Like don't get held back because yeah. you're not aesthetically you know, beautiful. I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that because that kind of, you know, people get so anal and granular about that kind of stuff that mm-hmm. Instagram is trying to roll out this new, um, I don't know what to call it, but they're moving likes away. So yes, I heard that. So well-being. So that's actually really cool because People are obsessed with likes. Yes. You know? So now when you look at the feed, it's just going to be beautiful images. And you will still see the likes, but it's going to be on the back end. So you'll see it as the owner of that account. So I wonder about that, though, because I was reading up on that last week. And like you said, so me looking at your feed, I won't be able to see how many likes that photo has. Mm-hmm. But you will be able to see that from your analytics in the back end of your photo, right? But will that stop? Do you think, okay, so so here are the pros and the cons, and I'm just speculating here. The pro, obviously, is that it's going to allow people to get, like you said, get that granular, you know, egotistical situation out of the way, right? It's People are going to feel better about posting because, oh my God, I only got 13 likes making me feel so bad. Oh my gosh, right? That's going to go away. (laughs) <laughs> and they delete that picture I've done and exactly but at the other end of it do you think that people will show up in Instagram as often as they used to because that's gone yes I, I don't think that will change I think people go through Instagram and just scroll mindlessly you know right. that, that's never going to change but who do I think will be seriously affected by it influencers yes because you know you get you pay them based on their reach and their mm-hmm. follower account and their likes and engagement. So that's going to change the game a bit for them. So I'm hoping that Instagram comes up with something where like, okay, you're a registered influencer with Instagram, and so all of your all of your stats are verified, so that right. you can still continue your business. You know, mm-hmm. but. That, that's going to be tough for them. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too, because they should be able to get some kind of backend reporting from Instagram to be able to show that to whatever brand or whoever mm-hmm. they're working with. Without doctoring it. Without doctoring. <laughs> Let's not, let me say Instagram, when, you know, came on board and this influencer thing starts, um, by the way, I hate that word influencer. Um, <laughs> this influencer thing started like blowing up. It's, there were a lot of doctoring going on. And a lot of people getting into debt because of all of that. Let me tell you, it's ridiculous. Yeah, when you could have bought, you became an influencer after you had like 10,000 followers and you could have purchased them very easily. Very easily. Back in the day. Yeah. Very, very easily. But. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you. All right. But you know what? I think it's also going to make it more detailed. Like you're going to have to prove that you're an actual influencer that because of what you're putting out there you affect like the purchase power for somebody else right they're gonna be really 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 defined now it's not gonna be just any old buddy like kind of how it is now right right she has three thousand followers she is an influencer (laughs) no there's a difference between people liking me and me actually being able to influence purchase decisions. Right, right. Like change your mind to, to an actual transaction. Exactly. It's very different. All right, so speaking of changing minds to an actual transaction, and <laughs> I love how you're dancing on the camera. <laughs> changing minds to actual transaction and personality. Look at that. Look at that segue. So I, one, of the, one of the things I believe that influences transaction or purchase or for you to take an action on something is personality, right? Yeah. 
personality, value, and your content. So let's talk a little bit about how those three things, personality, value, and content can come together to, to you know, make you more, give, to not just give you more engagement, but to create a following that actually like, like following you and engaging your posts. Okay. So I believe that your personality and this is just my new theory. I could be very wrong. You know, mm-hmm. social media managers everywhere may very well kill me for this. But I believe your personality affects which platforms you should use. So if you're very like, kind of like us, very fun loving, kind of laid back, I don't know, your, your content could be, your, your tone, sorry, can be very tongue in cheek, very fun. You're not going to do very well on a platform like LinkedIn. Right. Right? So those are professionals. They're serious. Yes. Yeah. Come in there. Like, you better give us some facts, some statistics. But personality will live on Facebook or in an Instagram story. So, right. I think all of those things kind of come together. So, it's personality. Your personality gives value, and your value adds to your content. Right. So, once you're able to establish like who you are, what your voice is for your brand, all of those things kind of come together. And all, I believe also, too, as far as personality goes, is that um, people think, oh, my gosh, like, no one is going to like me. No one's going to like me if I say this. But at the end of the day, your true value and the authenticity in your content really comes through, comes through when you show your personality. Right. And if people don't like you for it, I'm okay with them not following you. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. And that that's a big issue. Like, okay, people did people will go live on Instagram, Facebook, wherever, and then they're like, Oh, only two people watch me or only two people commented. Like they don't really like me. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Who cares? You're going out there for you. You're putting yourself out there for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you're yeah. gonna constantly do that for likes and expecting high levels of engagement all the time, then you are going to sink into a serious depression. Right. And the more you show up, the more people will expect to see you and the more people will join you for these live videos. Exactly. And the more consistent that personality is. Like, you, yes. you can't go out there being fake. You got to be authentic. So- oh, my gosh. It is, such, it is such hard work to go out there being fake. You have to remember. What's... And it's a lot. It's a lot. But if you're going out there being your authentic self every single time, people are going to be into you. They're going to love you. They're going to love you. I agree. So you mentioned something earlier about LinkedIn and then showing personality. And as you know, LinkedIn is coming out with live video. It's in beta testing right now. Oh, it is. Um, That's so cool. That's so cool. I watched my first LinkedIn live last week. Um, I'm so jealous. I'm not a part of the beta testing, but I know a couple of people who are. And um, uh, one of them did his first LinkedIn live last week. And it was interesting. It was... um, it was interesting. So, yeah. so, so what I understand now is you can't go live on directly from the LinkedIn platform. Like there are a few backend ways that you can do this. And I forget what the, the three backend ways that you can do it right now, but it's something like, like, I don't think this is one of them. There's something like Ecamm, like you can go through Ecamm and then, uh, then you can uh, project it live to LinkedIn. That's too complicated right now. My point is that with LinkedIn going or having the option for people to go live, I think that is going to be a game changer, especially for the people who are doing a lot of uh, B2B business-to-business transactions, corporate travel, um, people who want business travelers. Mm -hmm. So um, what are your thoughts on that and how that's going to affect the travel trade? Oh, I think uh, that's going to be amazing. Okay, yeah. I think that is going to be so fantastic because now CEOs are going to have this opportunity to speak to to their people. Right, you know? right. I'm very worried about YouTube. Like, what y'all going to really? do? Really? TED Talks and all this other cool stuff is going to be hosted in like the LinkedIn platform. That's a great point. I, I do think that that it's going to be a game changer. Absolutely right. It's really, really cool. I'm looking forward to seeing it roll out. And um, as far as how it will affect trade, that's a great question. I would like to see 
how it works first. Let's see yeah. what's going on in that platform first, and then we'll be able to determine how it will affect trade. Because if, if we're having an issue, right, with travel agents being so afraid to speak on Facebook Live, <laughs> how are you going to handle it on LinkedIn? <laughs> That's a good point. If you, if you can't, if you're having trouble going Facebook Live or Instagram Live, it's going to be even, I think it's going to be even harder on LinkedIn because now you're, you're not just dealing with like leisure. You're dealing with corporate people. Okay. <laughs> so, the, so the pressure to, you know, to not show your personality and to not right. show up in your bathrobe is going to be on. Yeah. To find that balance between showing personality and being exceptionally polished. It's, it's right. Interesting. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I know you're going to lead the way with that. So I'll be keeping my eye on oh you. Oh my God. I cannot wait. The <laughs> moment I get the opportunity, I am going, listen, I am going to be so excited that no matter what I'm wearing, I'm going to go on LinkedIn live. I may be in my bathrobe. I just, <laughs> <laughs> the moment it comes up, I will be there. I will be yeah. there. I'm going to be watching every step of the way. I feel like you're going to be the one to lead that charge. And you're not oh. afraid to take risks. You're not afraid to take chances. So it'll be. Oh my goodness. I wish I was afraid to take risks. My, it's so funny. My husband said that to me the other day. He's like, oh my gosh, I wish you were so afraid to take risks. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's not a risk taker. He's in finance. He's in treasury. He's not a risk taker. We'll, we, this is me. Let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's what you kind of need. You're going to need that. Yeah. With video. I mean, Nobody wants to see a live PowerPoint presentation unless it's actually a really cool PowerPoint presentation. You know, that very stush form of... Very stush form. Speaking of PowerPoint presentations, and I know we're switching between LinkedIn and Instagram now, but um, I think people are aware now that they can show their photos during an Instagram Live. Did you know that? Yes. You should see your face right now. Like You are like, what? Um, yes, there is an option when you're doing an Instagram live to be able to, like, if you're doing a presentation, if you have slides, you can show your photos and it comes through like you would be doing like a Zoom call or something like that. Really? Is yes, that yes, yes. Through Instagram itself. I haven't tested it out yet, but maybe I'll oh. do that this week and I'll let people know how that works. Oh, I'm interested too. I'm going to be doing that too. I'm going to test it out. <laughs> so, all right. So perfect. So since this is, um, this, we, we had a great talk about all the social media stuff and the trends and the travel trade and how it affects all of that. Fantastic. But let's switch and talk a little bit about your home country, if that's okay. Yeah. Yes. yes I love my home country. <laughs> what would you like to know? So what are the, tell me two big things that are happening in the Bahamas now that people should be aware of. Well, I'm glad you asked, Nicole. So um, we've been marketing the Bahamas internationally as the islands of the Bahamas. So yes. just to give you some background on the Bahamas, we're made up of 700 islands and keys, right? And not yes. all of them you're able to get to and not all of them are inhabited. So we've been pushing them as one big, when you think of the Bahamas, you, it's supposed to be everything, right? Mm -hmm. So we've launched this campaign with Lenny Kravitz, who's also a Bahamian. He's a native of Eleuthera. Mm. called Fly Away. So he remixed his song um, as part of this big Fly Away campaign that we're launching where we are now marketing each of the islands as individual islands. So for so long, each of these islands have had their own personality, has their own vacation style, and now we're giving each island the opportunity to showcase themselves. Uh, so there's 15 of them. Um, test out my knowledge right now. <laughs> Should be good for all 16. So it's Nassau, Paradise Island, Freeport, Eleuthera, Abaco, Acklands, Inagua, Ragged Island, Mayaguana. Uh, did I say Abaco already? Did I say Abaco? Did I say Abaco? Maybe. <laughs> I lost count. I was trying to count on my fingers, but I've lost count. Anyway, there are 16 of them in total, and they're all, like, amazing. They each have their own individual stories to tell. And so we've been incorporating use of social media to share these vignettes of yeah. the humans telling the story of 
their island. So there's this lady, her name is Lady Di, and she is in charge of a pineapple farm in Eleuthera, and her video is absolutely amazing, and it's it's so heartwarming, and you want to go, now you want to go to Eleuthera to meet her. So... Um. You know, we're a Caribbean country and everybody has, all of us have sun, sand, and sea. And so we, we have to take a different angle with how we're going to push our country because, you know, tourism is our number one industry. Yes, yes. So we had to think of different ways to get the word out there to come to the Bahamas. And so now storytelling has become a major way of us doing that. So I'm very excited. We've been yeah. going to different countries to speak about this new campaign. Um, our executive committee was in Berlin. Um, we recently went to Toronto, Canada. We've been to China. It, it's just it's just been a whirlwind. But I think I saw your China photos. They were lovely, lovely. I love China. Perfect. So you know, can I tell you? Um, so I mean, obviously, I've been to the Bahamas. Oh my! I was going to say several, but it's umpteen times now, um, and. I remember two of the most amazing trips I've had. And uh, unfortunately, I mean, not unfortunately, but fortunately, it, they were in um, Great Exuma. Oh, exactly. Great Exuma. Um, obviously, you know, swimming with the pigs is like one of the things that everyone does. But we've, we've done that a couple of times. But there was one particular trip uh, where I took my team to swim with the pigs. And then we got a bus. At this point, there were probably 11 or 12 of us. And we drove over to Little Exuma. To, we went to um, Tropic of Cancer Beach. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think we topped that off with uh, eating lobster at, oh my gosh, what is that place at the end, towards the end of Little Exuma? It's a little restaurant that everyone talks about. Everybody talks about it. Listen to me. I went there for the first time. I know exactly what you're talking about. I can't recall the name of it right now. And it was the best lobster in, in Khalid Bear. It was amazing. Santana. There's, yes, that's, there a, is. that's it. Is it called Santana's? It is called Santana's. Yes. And the lady that runs it is, oh my gosh, she was amazing. Yes. I went there for the first time ever. Um, I think last month, everybody kept talking about this place. It's like, you have to go, you have to go, you have to go. It's a long drive, but it's worth it. And it's it so worth it. It was. And then we were, you're close to the water. Yes. You're right on the water. And it's so funny. Her husband had just come in from fishing. Oh, it was so nice. It was so nice. I loved it. I loved I'm it. I'm so glad you got to experience that. Uh, yeah, that was maybe, oh gosh, maybe five years ago or six years ago I did that. And um, I remember like, you know, just hanging out there when there were some local kids on some bikes and we just ended up riding the bike, some bikes with the local <laughs> kids. That was amazing. And then about three years ago, uh, I went back there, but I was by myself. So there was one day where I had come in early. I worked in the morning and then I had the afternoon free. So I rented a car and drove from Great Exuma back over to Little Exuma by myself. Wow. Drove around the island, stopped at every little corner, stopped again at Tropic of Cancer Beach, which, oh my gosh, I cannot believe how beautiful that beach is. Yeah, it, it's it's absolutely stunning. And Exuma is just known for that. Like every beach you go to, you yeah. experience the water is so blue, the sand is powdered. So white. And there were and I was the only one on the beach at that time. <laughs> well, you're very lucky. Very lucky. And when I went with my team a few years before that, there were only two other people on the beach. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was amazing. So, um, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful destination. Um, I've only gone to a couple of small islands in that area. Um, the Lake Zuma, Great Exuma, um, and then obviously Nassau, right? Mm -hmm. But I really wish that I could do, and I, I guess I'll, not wish, I will put it on my list. Well, you will. I will. I want to do a, a lot more islands in the Bahamas. What is right. your favorite destination in the Bahamas? Well, they're all my favorites. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is such a PC answer. <laughs> Every single one of them, like I said, has something very sweet and amazing to offer. They're all so different. But yeah. um, I spent a lot of my summers growing up in Abaco. Mm. And if you're very much into boating, Abaco is where it's at. It's, 
it's such a quiet but busy little settlement. Well, it's not a settlement. It's an island. Yes. <laughs> and on the entire island, there's one stoplight. One stoplight. Yeah. You know, I'm some- surprised there's a stoplight to begin with. <laughs> yeah. It just, it's, it's really good. And the food there is fantastic. And there's a very popular spot called Nippers, which is kind of off Abaco. You have to take a little ferry to get there. But yeah. it's also very, very, very popular. The food is good there. It's a lot of fun. I mean, Abaco has all surrounded by all these little keys that you can experience something truly, truly special. Like nice. for my 30th birthday, I went to one of the little keys and went to Hopetown. And it was just, it was great. Everybody was so nice. Can I just say, they yeah. were some of the nicest people you'll ever meet. They and, are. Yeah, and they'll just be like, oh. Come, baby. Baby, you hungry? Come, man. Come. <laughs> you know, like, that's the kind of stuff that I experienced. And it's, it's amazing. I think, I think you should go there. If you you sound like one of my aunties. Come, baby. You hungry? Come, yeah. come, come eat. You look so skinny. You're not eating? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a very Caribbean thing, I tell it you. Is. It is. They it always is. want to feed you. All right. So, uh, oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Now I want to go to Abaco. I don't think I've ever been. I don't think I've ever been. You Amazingly. To, you have to go to Andres, too. I mean, there's so many. You have to go to the Barry Islands. I've been to Staniel Key. Been to, oh, very. But that's because I was going over to, um, oh my gosh, what's that private island? Uh, Sandals oh, on. Girl. Which private island is Sandals on? Falky. Falky. Falky, yes. I've been to Falky, so I kind of just take it off my mind. Yeah, I've been to Falky. So I, I, I didn't spend long in Staniel Key. We flew into Staniel Key from Nassau on a very small plane. Oh my gosh. That was the smallest plane I have ever been on. I, it's so funny. Oh my gosh. I, um, I will never forget that day. It was, I think it was five of us, including the pilot. Like I could touch the pilot. Like, you know, that's how crazy it was. And it was, it was like, oh my gosh, no, no. Since then I've been in a helicopter. So that's right. Oh, I've never been on one of those. I'm terrified. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was, we flew into Staniel Key. We spent about an hour there and then we took the boat over to Falky. So that was a beautiful, beautiful experience. Yeah. I have to say the waters are fantastic. What? Right? Nowhere in the world. Nowhere in the and world. that is where, by the way, I um, got my scuba diving certification. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, I mean, I know. So if you're ever going to scuba dive anywhere for the first time in your life, like the waters of the Bahamas is definitely like one of the best places to do that. I saw some amazing things under, under the water. Now, granted, um, I've not been scuba diving again since. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I tried it. I crossed it off my list. Um, I'll pick it up again another day. But <laughs> you say you did it once. all right so i know you know you've been to a lot of places outside of the bahamas you call the bahamas home Mm -hmm. um you've been to china you've been to parts of north america really recently came back from mexico mexico you've been to a lot of places in this beautiful world of wars tell me one place that you have been to that has been completely life-changing it would definitely have to be China. So we went to Beijing and Shanghai. And first of all, I never imagined that I would end up on that side of the world. And yeah, I ended up there and it was the most amazing experience, just learning the cultures and eating the food and watching everybody try to navigate through the language. Yes. It was was amazing. It was so good to the point that I wanted to live in Shanghai. No way. Even consider taking up the position there. That's fantastic. Really, really loved it. It was so different. And Shanghai kind of, and I've also never been to Europe. That's on the bucket list this year. Oh, Europe is my absolute favorite destination. Really? Well, outside of the Caribbean, yeah. Oh, I have to go. I have to go. I'm really planning on going this year. But um, what other people told me and what I've seen in pictures and read in books, Shanghai looked like a hybrid of Asian and European culture, like mm-hmm. together, even some of the buildings. I my favorite was the Bund, and so 
these, this building was lighting up. They just like lights, lights, lights. And it was just, it was so cool. It was, so cool. <laughs> I had an amazing time in China. Now, no. will, I, will I go back? I'm not sure. I, you, you only have to do it once, right? Right. Well, you can. See, I've never been to China. Um, and I, it is definitely on my list of places. Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think I want to go to Tokyo, Japan. You know, there's this thing about people saying, okay, well, you know, I, I've been there once. I don't have to go there again. And that, that's, that still kind of is the way I feel about some places. Like you, you go, you don't need to go again. And you definitely, you know, you want to check some places off your list and, you know, right. you want to go through the world, you know, the world map and, and check them off and say, I've been there. But there are definitely places that I would consider visiting every single year. Yeah. And yeah, like, and I would go there in lieu of going to a new destination that I've never been in before. Okay, and where one of those places is Italy. Italy, okay. Ooh. Italy and Portugal. I've been to Portugal a couple of times, been to Spain a couple of times. Italy and, and Portugal, I would go to twice a year. Really? In lieu my, of seeing somewhere new. My sister is planning a trip to Italy in the next couple of months, and she's so excited about it. Like, she's... She's like, oh, she's also a chef. So. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Oh, yeah, she's going to love that if she's a chef. But yeah, I, I completely understand. So, if, I mean, I think if, you know, Beijing, as, as beautiful as you've made it sound, I think if you want to go back for sure, you should just, you should it's, just go. It was my first time taking such a long journey. You yeah, know? okay. That's, a, that's the other that's thing. That's the overwhelming part for me. But I think mm -hmm. if I could do it a couple times and maybe the next time is Europe, then I have no problem going back to China. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Europe's not so bad. I mean, eight hours, that's not so bad, depending on where you're flying from, obviously. But all right. So thank you for that. Uh, tell me, name one book that you've read lately that you can recommend and why. Okay. So I'm glad you asked because I really just finished reading this book and I absolutely love it. It is Kevin Hart's I Can't Make This Up. Have you had a chance to read <laughs> I haven't read it, but I've heard about it. So, so if you know me, and you do, reading <laughs> this book from a comedian actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> but I really, really liked it because I, even his writing, and who knew Kevin Hart could write, yeah. but his writing, his humor was still very present. I was still sitting there and cracking up because he's funny. He's right. But I liked, I liked getting that inside look of his life and his come up. And, and even in the book, he even laid out his, group, his blueprint for success. Mm. So I really recommend anybody to read that. It, it, it's such a good read. I enjoy and it. I assume that blueprint can be carried over into whatever business you're running. I definitely apply it to my everyday life, my business life. Building my own personal brand. Winnie's trying to make an appearance again. <laughs> but, hey, Winnie. <laughs> we're wrapping up, Winnie. Don't you worry. She's going to be all yours soon. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's my favorite book so far. Awesome. But I'm not on reading the Michelle Obama's book because everybody has it. It's a New York bestseller. Have you I know. Can I admit to you, I own a copy of it. I have not read it yet. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. I have not read it yet. I, um, so I've been reading a lot of nonfiction, a lot of business mindset yeah. books. Right? Yeah. It's yeah. just the way my life has been for the past couple of years. And so uh, fiction for me, it's so funny. I, um, I have a, all these fiction books that are on a bookshelf here in my office. And I told my husband I'm having a yard sale because there's no way I'm going to read all of <laughs> yeah, yeah. My focus has just switched. I have just switched to nonfiction. However, um, my business coach uh, gave me, uh, gifted me a book called, it's called Ikigai. I, I hope I'm saying that right. Oh my gosh. Um, let me tell you what it is. Let me tell you what it is. It's called Ikigai right here and oh. it is the japanese secret to a long and happy life and so i've found myself if i'm not reading a non-fiction book i'm reading more of like uh i wouldn't say self-help but more of like a mindset shift kind of you know genre and this is one of them and so for me a book like kevin hart's book that you mentioned is like another step 
right? So it's funny, you get some entertainment, but you also get blueprints, right? Right, And you also get roadmaps to doing things differently in your life. So those are the kind of books that I would read outside of reading nonfiction books. So that's fantastic. Thanks. I was, I was about to be like, oh, she's reading a really mature book. Grow up, we're saying. Cracking up in your bedroom. <laughs> no, at least it's not one of those books you have to hide behind another cover on the airplane or something. <laughs> I actually get most of my books in the airport. Because they have this program where, like, you can buy the book and yeah. then you can exchange it on your way back. And so that's what I keep doing. But I have Oh, a- that's a great idea. <laughs> and, and who does that? Is there one particular company? Is it Hudson News? Who does it's that? Hudson News. And um, just, I don't know the names of them. They're, like, little stores. Any of the little stores that carry the books, mm-hmm. they'll have a thing that says read and return. It's a little sticker thingy. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've been taking full advantage of that. My job keeps me moving a lot. Yeah. Read on the plane. Keep my mind. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. (laughs) Oh, well, it has been such a pleasure to have you on this podcast. Thanks for having me. Can I tell you, I was so nervous. Really? (laughs) Oh, my God. Nicole, (laughs) thanks. Huge! I gotta make sure like I'm sounding intelligent. Oh, you are fabulous! I'm so excited to have you. So excited! Just bursting with personality, I'll tell you. Just bursting. That's awesome. Well, thank you again. And um, listen, let's do this again some other time. We should. Yeah. Yeah. I think awesome. It's a deal. Thanks, love. See ya. Bye.